listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And we're focusing now on the Family Sanctuary on a series of programs uh, on the dignity of the human person and especially on abortion. We've got podcasts uh, available on this subject that we've already recorded uh, on our website. Look under podcasts and the Family Sanctuary and search the word abortion to find more on the series. Abortion is front and center right now, and there are efforts in almost every state, including right here, to make abortion a constitutional right. And now this is the time to understand the truth about abortion, both the science and what our faith teaches us, because there are so many lies that we're all hearing. Now's the time to learn and share the truth. And today we're focusing on sharing the truth in a winsome and a loving way using the love approach. Are you afraid to bring up the subject of abortion because it's so divisive or so sensitive, even in your own family? or in your own parish, your Bible study, or men's group at church, or even with a long-term friend? Are you afraid the conversation might end in anger, polarization, or even end a treasured relationship? Well, if so, you've got a lot in common. Other people feel the same way. And this program today is for you. (laughs) Using the love approach can lead to amazing breakthroughs and stronger relationships than ever before. So I'm so glad you've joined us today, and uh, my guest today is one of my dearest friends, uh, so it's even more fun for me to do the program today. Uh, Her name is Betty McDowell. Welcome, Betty. Thanks, Peggy. So good to be here. And actually, this is like, I think, my third time in the studio with you over the years, and it's the same topic. We're actually doing the same topic again. Well, it's a classic, it is, right? It is. <laughs> the love approach. But we're using it differently uh-huh. today. We're talking about it a little differently because when we've talked about the love approach before and on St. Gabriel Radio, it's been more in context with uh, using it with women who are considering abortion, uh-huh. right? And, and pregnancy help. And Betty and I have been allies, colleagues uh, in pregnancy help for many, many years. And uh, it was really Betty who encouraged me to write the book that we call The Love Approach Book, uh, The Love Approach Doc, the love approach book.com. Mm-hmm. We'll Great tell book. you more about that. It's a really thing. good book, actually. <laughs> love it. Well, Betty encouraged me and also envisioned the book as a story. In the book, we have four characters who are learning the love approach, two men and two women. And they're going to be using it not in the context of pregnancy help, but with a person who's considering abortion, they're going to be using it with their spouses, with their friends, uh, at work, in their volunteer work, in their ministry. So we're, we're trying to explore more how we can use the love approach everywhere and with everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say about Betty, she's such a dear friend that when she needs a listener, sometimes she'll call me and say, could we have coffee or lunch and would you use the love approach on me? <laughs> And she does. She does. Very successfully. Thank you. And you've used it on me for sure as well. So we're going to discuss how can we use this. It's a conversational approach Mm -hmm. um, to to very difficult uh, subjects that otherwise often will end up in an argumentation. Mm -hmm. All right. A back and forth. Tit for tat. 
uh, I can top you with my arguments or my evidence, uh, and you need to agree with me. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. That confrontation thing. In yep. families, yes. you know, yes. with our children, with our spouses, sometimes with colleagues at work, um, and even with friends, mm -hmm. really, where we should be able to get more to the heart of, the, of an issue, we're still on the surface of arguments. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the love approach helps us really delve down and continue and improve the relationship while we explore the truth. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Betty, would you just explain uh, the four steps of the love approach? Why do sure. we call it the love approach? Sure. And how have we used it in the pregnancy help movement? It's always fun to explain to the author of the book <laughs> what they've written. Um, but the love approach is really something that um, when, when I think of it and how you designed it, it really was designed in the pregnancy center to be very responsive to the needs of the client. So love, L-O-V-E. L is to listen and learn, where you really become a student of the client, where you are asking questions and, and trying to understand and help the client understand their feelings, their thoughts, um, just kind of the practical world that they're in. And as you continue to listen, we move um, also adding the O-step, which is to open up options to really help this client who's in the midst of making a life-changing decision to better understand their options. Uh, because you and I both know that oftentimes women are in crisis and they're not thinking clearly. It's not a slam to women. It's, a, it's just what happens to us in the midst of crisis. We have a tendency to just, what is the quickest way back to normal? What is the quickest way to, to be delivered of this difficult situation? And they also think in kind of either or. Correct. Yes. Either abortion or my life is ended as I know it. Right, right. Yeah. So we have that opportunity to listen, to learn, to slow down, to open up options, and then to really give them vision and affirm them in value. Um, actually, turns out that was kind of my most favorite part of the love approach um, is that idea of awakening or even reawakening for that woman what the vision could be for her life. She does have dreams. So how do we awaken them or reawaken them? How do we help her understand her value as a woman, her value as a daughter of God? And then of course, E is that extend and empower the very practical aspect of the love approach. How is it that we can help her move to the next step? What is the next step? What are the next steps? So you're not just listening and leaving them there. You're listening through the whole thing and you're helping them together to create a plan to move forward. And when, when we developed this in the Pregnancy Center, we really meant it as a responsive way. I mean, you, you're sitting in a place and someone comes to you and they're asking for advice. And so you are listening and you're, you're helping to develop that plan. Um, though you and I both know in practice, it's not just a responsive, love, love approach isn't just responsive, it's actually something we can do proactively. And, and so that's really kind of what we're doing and what we're talking about today that makes it a little different. Um, I think that we've done this proactively. We just didn't realize we were doing it so proactively. <laughs> Instead of someone coming to you, now's your opportunity to maybe engage them and start the conversation. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's what you do when you call me and say, I need you to use the love mm -hmm. approach with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
exactly. or I could I could think to myself, I think Betty needs the love approach. I think I ought to take her out for coffee. She needs someone to listen. Yeah, we might need to do that right after the <laughs> <That's right. laughs> podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> so, all right, the love approach grew out of at that specific need of trying to be there and walk with someone through a difficult decision-making process uh, and help them if they're confused. Mm-hmm. And and so now we want to be more proactive and think, how could we use it in this particular time and place with friends, with colleagues, with family members who who aren't really delving as deeply as they need to into the abortion issue, mm-hmm. all right? They're, they're perhaps accepting slogans like it's a woman's choice or um, or abortion is safer than childbirth, which is not really true. <laughs> We've got a program mm-hmm. on that. Uh, but people are, are not delving and really understanding and 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 perhaps there's even deep emotional issues uh, down below the surface. Oftentimes that is that is exactly the case. That's Peggy. causing our friends mm-hmm. or family members to to be satisfied to kind of stay on the surface with abortion, to not really get down to uh, how do I really feel? about it and what does my faith teach me about it how can i delve even deeper so that's what we're going to try to do today um so we've talked about the the love approach um and and let's talk a little bit more about why people today might be so i don't know for lack of a better word defensive mm-hmm. about it talking about it i think defensive is a is actually a really good descriptor mm-hmm. Um, because I think that today in our culture, we have a culture primarily that's out there that's um, chanting away at things that are not, that don't line up with our faith, that don't line up with our doctrine, that don't line up with our worldview. And so right there, that creates attention. And then to add to that, um, most everybody, when you look at really the statistics of abortion and even abortion in the church it's like one in four women um, right and so one in four women in any christian gathering right will have had an abortion and that's based on their self-identification when they've gone into abortion clinics and the statistic do you have a particular religion you know so many women say catholic mm-hmm. or christian so one out of four, that's a shocking <laughs> statistic, I so, think. So think about it as a, someone who might be a mother or a grandmother to, or a family member who's had an abortion. You are a staunch supporter of life, and now this person whom you love dearly has gone through this situation. And, and maybe because of that, that person has, uh, that woman who's had the abortion has changed her mind or tried to change her mind, even though deep in her knower, she knows that that's not really part of God's plan and what she really probably even wanted. But that puts that puts that that mother, that family member, that friend, it puts them in a in kind of a tough situation because mm-hmm. now it's like, or, or am I seen as someone who doesn't forgive or someone who thinks you're terrible? Mm-hmm. Um, if you bring up the subject. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. there's lots of pressure on all of us to to try to compromise um, our, our views and our faith mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe so, just be quiet. And we, and so we do, I mean, I haven't compromised my views or my faith, but do I like confrontation? I don't. I, I know that there are some people who would go, <laughs> yes, you do. I don't, I don't, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't want to be put in that situation. I would rather let it go. Right. Right. So 
we've been uh, actually challenging ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> to be more, uh, to give more opportunities to our friends, family members, people at church, uh, to let's explore mm-hmm. this issue rather than just being being quiet. Um, I'm thinking of even someone at my church now that I know had a campaign sign in their in their yard mm-hmm. last election, uh, urging a vote for for a candidate who was absolutely pro-abortion, mm-hmm. really pushing abortion to the extremes, even uh, like, for instance, this right to abortion would do mm-hmm. uh, this approach for the Ohio Constitution. And I've never really talked to her about it. <laughs> so so this is a challenge for me as well. So, okay, Betty, we've been thinking about a little scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's just uh, role play. And by the way, before we get into this scenario of of uh, what we're talking about, actually giving an opportunity to a friend or a colleague or a family member to explore uh, their feelings about abortion um, and not just keep things uh let sleeping dogs lie, you might say. <laughs> We're going to do a little scenario. Before we do, I want to introduce our topic again. Uh, if you just joined us, uh, we're working today on talking about abortion with the love approach. How do we talk about a very sensitive issue and not create polarization, anger, threaten the relationship? Uh, how can we share the truth in love? And the love approach is one way. That's what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. L is listen and learn open options in a very loving way, introduce a new vision and value, the V step, and E, extend and empower. But listening, the L step is the most important because if we don't if we don't spend a lot of time on the L step, mm-hmm. Betty, what would you say there? Well, without without love, <laughs> without without slowing down to listen, we're we're not going to we're not going to hear, we're not going to have the ability to even be self-aware um, to understand what a person might be feeling, might be thinking. You know, I wanted to add just one little thing mm, to this. Sure. I know it's not in your book, but in this case, when we're talking about being proactive with the love approach, I would also say with the L is to look. Mm, because um, if we we need to look for those opportunities, and we, we've created a little scenario, and it, it is a very proactive scenario. Um, and in my mind, I when I think about those opportunities, I, I here's what I tend to see. Somebody, the topic might come up and somebody has a, like a visceral response to it. That's an opportunity. You see it, you notice it. That's an opportunity for you to maybe not publicly, but maybe privately say, hey, I noticed that when this topic came up, you had some very strong feelings and, and you even stopped the conversation. And so I'd really like to understand a little bit more about that. You must have a story. There must be something that's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me about your journey to come to this place where you have this perspective. Right. Um, so I think I would add, look, look to- absolutely. And when we, when we do teach this uh, for pregnancy center mm-hmm. work, body language is key. Those nonverbals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. So, so sometimes uh, you don't need to even bring up this subject Correct. cold in a sense. Uh, you've noticed this in the past. You've noticed, you've looked, you've observed that this person is particularly sensitive about it. Um, I, I observed a person one time in, in, in mass, uh, when the priest was talking about abortion, Mm -hmm. she got up and she left. Um, I didn't proactively Mm -hmm. do anything at that point. I still remember it though. And I should have, I should have proactively actually toward, uh, after the homily, she came back in, she was sitting in front of me. She came back in and I kind of just touched her on the shoulder 
And that's all I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're ob- obviously you're right, Betty. Observing, obviously, <laughs> observing. I'm looking at you. I'm using the L. <laughs> looking, mm-hmm. we see, and that's an opportunity right. that we don't want to pass up. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into our scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, as I have it laid out here, Betty, we're two friends. Um, uh, your pro-life view is known. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've been open about it. Uh, I'm your friend. I know your pro-life view, but you're not sure about mine. Uh, so we've kind of avoided the subject. Mm-hmm. You avoided the subject in the past, um, and and I did too. Okay, so here we are, sitting down for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So Peggy, gosh, it's good to see you. It's so good to hang out with you. And gosh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Have you been following the news lately? Because the challenges that we're facing here with the efforts to expand abortion, it's kind of mind-blowing to me. Like, have you have you thought about that? Or what do you think about that? Well, uh, yes, I've seen the ads. You can't avoid them. Um, but I guess you and I will just uh, have to continue to agree to disagree on this. Um, sometimes abortion saves a woman's life, and um, uh, or a person thinks that it will. And so it has to be available. That's just it. And since, since she's desperate, I, I also believe that God will forgive her. Wow. That's... That's your, um, that's kind of your story, your journey. There's got to be more to that, Peggy. And it sounds like you really have thought this through when you're telling me those scenarios in particular. Um, I, I'd lo- there's a part of me that would love to debate. <laughs> I guess I do like to confront, but mm-hmm. I know that I really do. I want to listen. I want to understand um, how you came like to that place of, of just accepting that this is how it is. Like, there must be a story there for you. Can you just share more with me about your own life? Okay, that's what we've got for the intro mm-hmm. to our discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, Betty, when when I said to you, um, I just think God will forgive her. Mm-hmm. She's desperate. God will forgive her. Uh, I've actually heard people say that. Mm-hmm. What's your, what would have been your immediate reaction? It wasn't your reaction. Your reaction was, tell me more about your story. There must be something mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there I, ha- I have to watch because I have my own visceral response to that. Um, I-, I do believe God will forgive. I-, I believe that God will forgive her, but that doesn't mean that that's the road that we stay on and that's what we, we use for every woman in every situation. Um, so I-, I would be tempted to go, oh, we could get into a nice theological uh, discussion here. Under one you know, she has to repent, right? She would have to be sorry, right? right? And and I'm not saying that maybe sometime in the future we would even have that discussion. Uh, But the aim, my aim is not going to be to nail you down on one thing. I'm really trying to listen. I'm really trying to understand your heart because there's got to be more to this for you. Right. The first time I heard a person, I, I developed that, response Betty because I've heard people say that Mm -hmm. I know God will forgive Mm -hmm. she had to do it or I had to do it or that was what we had to do at that time um it's so hard for me not to jump in with a theological debate just Mm -hmm. like you said Mm -hmm. uh so I think that it's important when someone says something that you do have that visceral response I I wow she really needs to know the truth about that (laughs) that's when you know you need to stop. Mm-hmm. 
and do what you did. And I think it's even okay to say, wow, because that, that is my response and that's true to it. It's authentic. Um, but it should be, wow, tell me more. That's really what, right. that's really what I more. need to do with Those you. are the magic yeah. words. Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. Tell me more. No matter how many words we use to say them, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're really saying, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, or tell me why, why you're thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Give me, you know, I, like you said, is there a story there? You know, is there something that uh, is, is in, in your past mm-hmm. or your life? That may be leading you to that kind of, of thinking. And, and, I, and I could have responded even to you with, you know, at one time in my life, I, I thought the same thing, you know, but I've been on this journey and this path. And so I do think differently, but I'd like to know how you came to this conclusion. So I, I don't want oh, to take good. that opportunity to just jump in with my stuff. Right. Um, but I can say, I can relate that, oh gosh, I, I can, I've thought that way. And I have lots of good friends who who think that way. And I'm always so curious to understand how you came to that conclusion. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because that's so inviting then to me. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel, I feel, well, you, I guess I'm feeling valued by you that I have a story that you want to hear. And that's important to you. And so I might be willing to tell you something that I've been holding maybe even as a deep deep, dark secret. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so many Christian people, once they come to a healing after abortion, and we want to emphasize how much healing is available, uh, and we'll be giving some resources on that. But when they really come to healing, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they admit that that abortion was just the secret shame. It was a deep, dark secret that they didn't want to tell anybody. And sometimes they really, even though this woman in the scenario says, I believe God will forgive them. Mm-hmm. A lot of women who have had abortions believe it's the unforgivable sin. They can never be forgiven. Sometimes they've gone through the sacrament of reconciliation mm-hmm. more than once. Even they've, they've, uh, they've talked to priests or they've talked to their pastors and they know intellectually that they should, maybe even they believe intellectually they've been forgiven, mm-hmm. but they don't feel it. Well, I, and I think, I think that's part of that even grieving process, Peggy, because they're the ramifications. Sure. I, I mean, I, I know of, of people who have been working on the love approach in, I think I told you this once before in a nursing home because they were wow. meeting women who are at end of life who were grieving. And so what an opportunity uh, to help them. To, again, to, help to someone grieve come if to, that's come what to they, they, they yes. need. Right. Yes. And, and there are also opportunities just to help people who really have not heard the truth in terms of the science. You know, it's not only experiences in the past, but sometimes the lies that they've heard in the mm-hmm. science, like abortion is safer than childbirth, which it absolutely is not. Right. right. <laughs> and again, we have a whole program on that. Um, or sometimes people who will just say, well, men often feel a little bit helpless. Well, it's a woman's choice. You know, I, I just uh, there's no way I can interfere. There's mm-hmm. no way I want to even share my feelings with a woman because it's her choice. All right. Uh, They need to think more broadly or they don't even understand truly uh, the beauty of human development. You know, uh, how God created us, knit us together in our mother's womb. Mm -hmm. I love that Psalm 139, you know, so so that vision again of God's plan 
for for the human person. Sometimes they don't know that or they have forgotten it. They have forgotten it. Yeah. I, I think that seems to be the case most often. Yeah. Yes. So as we're talking, as we get into these heart-to-heart conversations, mm-hmm. there's more truth about the options that we mm-hmm. can share. There's more beauty about God's vision for the human person and for the, the woman and the man and the family. Uh, there's more opportunity to share specific, concrete things that can help them understand the issue more. Places to go on the internet, uh, books, resources, places in the Bible, uh, beautiful homilies that uh, are online that we can share with people to help them come to that. So, So the listening opens up so many different opportunities. I'm just thinking the best thing in the E-step is to say, can we talk about that again? Absolutely. Because <laughs> can you, we continue? it's about relationship, isn't it? Sure. And you want to continue the relationship. You want to build upon that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things, Betty, and we've only got a few minutes mm-hmm. left, but um, tell me about how you've been relating this to the story of the Good Samaritan. As, um, as I was thinking about this particular broadcast with you and also some other things uh, going on in my world, Um, I kept coming back to the story of the Good Samaritan and thinking about how you have this victim on the road, someone who has been lied to, uh, someone who has been wounded. And then you have our priest and our Levite, and they, they might be too busy. They might go, well, I don't have medical information. I can't help that wounded person. So I'm not equipped to do apologetics. I'm not equipped to do those things. So I will move on and hope somebody else does this. Uh, But the Good Samaritan comes along. And the Good Samaritan is kind of the most unlikely person, which is kind of how I often feel. <laughs> and the Good Samaritan begins the process and leads that person really to the, the innkeeper who continues the healing and continues the care. And, and so there's a part of me that when I see that person who's been lied to or is wounded, it would be easier to walk away. I have good reason to walk away. But I have, Why rock the boat? <laughs> I have felt called to be in one sense, to be that good Samaritan and to offer the love approach, to offer an opportunity for further discussion. And so uh, almost a conviction of sorts uh, to begin to look for those opportunities. And so that was just a a biblical story that kept coming to mind that I needed to be proactive um, in responding to people. What a challenge Yes, to be the good Samaritan. That's beautiful. Thank you, Betty. And the re- some of the resources we've touched on that mm-hmm. I want to make sure our, our listeners uh, are aware of. Remember our series, which is stgabrielradio.com. Look in the podcast under the Family Sanctuary. Search the word abortion. You'll find some of what we've been doing here. If you if you need help with a pregnancy or, or help and healing after an abortion, contact optionline.org. Um, which is uh, a ministry of Heartbeat International, 1-800-712-4357, or uh, a pregnancy center near you. You'll find that on optionline.org. Pregnancy centers are so uh, full of information and resources if you need them. There's also Bethesda Healing in the Diocese of Columbus. Go to bethesdahealing.org. And of course, talk to your priest or pastor. And I, I want to thank again our guest and to remind you that you have been listening to The Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn. To find our program again and other programs, be sure to go to stgabrielradio.com. And The Family Sanctuary is broadcast at 4 o'clock on Saturdays and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.